Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Joe Evangelisti. Joe is the host of the Legacy Blueprint Podcast and a high-performance coach with over 5,000 hours of coaching experience. His mission is to assist real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and business professionals in exercising their true power and finding their hidden potential to achieve more success, wealth, and freedom than they ever thought possible. Joe creates life-changing transformation by providing clients with the tools and strategies needed to create unstoppable momentum and breakthrough obstacles. Thanks so much for joining me today, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about um, what you call the five freedoms, um, but I'd like to start with um, asking you what is the importance in your mind of having a morning routine? Oh, so, you know, routines and rituals are everything to me. Um, I have a morning routine, but, you know, I call, I call the morning routine my zone of genius, Diane. So, you know, I think that everybody needs to have their own zone of genius. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning. Some people, it could be mid-afternoon. Some people are, they're night owls and they work best between, you know, 10 and midnight. Um, I just happen to work really, really well during the morning. So um, I generally am up early at 4.15 or so. And um, I like to get, you know, the things that I like to get knocked out are, I generally sweat. So I'll, I'll do the gym time or first thing in the morning. Um, you know, my meditation, my journaling affirmations, and um, I'll get my, my day planned out. So I'll do what I call my three to thrive. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out my top three priority things that have to be done and I'll make sure they get scheduled um, so that I can knock them out first thing, you know, during the day. And, and that just gives me, you know, kind of my rocket fuel for the day to get me, to get me going. And so when I can have that routine done um, generally before my kids get out of bed, and then it gives me, you know, an hour, an hour and a half with them before they go to school. Um, it just gets my mindset right. And it, and it creates what I, you know, call my, my mental armor. You know, it keeps me a little bit more bulletproof. And, you know, I do that before I check texts, before I check emails, before I do any of that other stuff, because uh, it just keeps me mentally straight. And you do that every morning? I would say I do it probably a solid 80, 85% of the time. Wow. You know, none of us are perfect. Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's pretty impressive, though. And I love this idea of getting up and you know, doing these things before anything else, because I would imagine that then you feel, um, you don't feel like you're being pulled in a whole lot of different directions. You can really focus. Yeah, it's really all about, I mean, you kind of just nailed it on the head. It's all about being proactive versus being reactive, right? Like I, I tell clients all the time, like there's nothing good happens in your email. 
right? So, you know, how many people roll over in the morning and the first thing they do is, is check their email? Yeah. Like, I mean, nobody's, you're not winning the lottery and then opening your email and, oh, there's a million dollars in your email. It doesn't happen that way. So, yeah. so why, why start your day that way? You know, feed yeah. your mind, feed your body, give yourself some um, hydration, you know, give yourself some good reading, you know, give your, give your mind something good and positive um, to start the day with. And, and then work your way to email. So by the time you get to that negative email or that you know tough thing you have to respond to, you already have your layers of gratitude and your, and your positive attitude built in. And, 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 you're, and like I said, your mental armor, you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah right. You set yourself up, right, mm -hmm. to, for, in a positive way. All right, so you mentioned that one of the things you do in the morning is journaling. And I'd love to know what you find to be the benefits of journaling. Oh, there's, uh, I mean, I just think there's unlimited benefits to journaling, but I go a lot of different directions with journaling. Sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's business related. Um, journaling to me, Diane, is really just getting, uh, unlocking what's inside your subconscious mind, right? So, you know, people don't realize that, a lot of people don't realize that 70, 80% of your thoughts are, are, are happening behind the, commute, the computer monitor, right? If you think about your brain like a, like a hard drive and a computer monitor, your, your conscious mind is your monitor. It's right. It's what we see. It's in front of us all day long, but deep down inside the hard drive, your subconscious, you know, is where 80% of your thoughts live. And so, you know, we're all running around trying to come up with these deep internal answers to these big high level questions. And your amazing supercomputer of a mind is, is constantly solving these problems for us. And so journaling, I look at as just a way to unlock the hard drive, to, to defrag the hard drive and to pull these answers to the surface and get them up to the monitor, if that makes sense. It does make sense, but I'm wondering if that's something you do intentionally or just through the process of journaling, those solutions come. Yeah, it's really, it, it, it really is through the process of asking yourself high level questions. And then really it's the it's the brain and the hand connection with your pen. When you start to write, you're, it's amazing to me how often you'll start to answer questions with your hand that you didn't even know you had the answers to, right? So, yeah. you know, for example, I've, I've, I've built businesses just through journaling, through saying to myself, okay, what kind of people, what kind of teams do I need to put together? What kind of processes do I need? And then you just find yourself 20 minutes later journaling and you're like, wow, I just mapped out the whole business, right? <laughs> and what the, the difference being is that you found yourself some quiet time and space to think. Yeah. Right? And, and for the most of us, we don't, we don't create that time. We don't create mm -hmm. that space because we're so busy, right? We're, yeah. you know, you're, not, you're not doing that in the middle of a, of a work day when there's people calling and texting and emailing and yelling at you all day, right? So you know, finding that quiet time in the morning is really what, what creates that gap. I do hear that a lot too from small business owners where they will say, I know I need to be working on my business, but I can't, you know, get out in order to really be able to have a clear mind to be able mm -hmm. to think. And, and yeah, that's one of the things that I end up saying to them. Okay, well, you know, let's carve out space because you're right. You're not. And if the first thing that happens is other people are influencing your time, then you're sort of lost at the gate. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, now, what does it mean to put aces in their places? 
<laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite sayings. So, you know, <clears throat> when it comes to, um, you know, building and scaling businesses, you know, you, you can't do it by yourself, right? Like no man, is, no man or woman is an island, as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, the phrase aces in your places is, is, is finding what we call A players or aces, um, finding amazing talent and either finding an amazing seat to put them in or creating a seat for their unique abilities, right? Like Ooh. I always found that, you know, creating um, a position where a person can best be utilized for their talents and their passions um, is going to create the, the best outcome, right? Like if you have somebody who is amazing at something, you know, for example, you know, every, and by the way, every human being on earth is absolutely amazing at at least one thing, right? Like some, some people believe right. that they're, you know, that, that they're not good at anything and that's just completely untrue, right? Like everybody is amazing at one thing. So imagine if that one thing that you were amazing at, I could pay you to do, right? Now, I don't know what that thing is, but right. everyone has it. So imagine that I, I was able to create a team where everyone who was on the team was being paid to do what they're amazing at already. And so people are naturally going to wanna to jump out of bed and go do that thing because they love doing that thing. They're amazing at it. That's what they're good at. That's their unique ability. And so putting aces in their places is really creating opportunity where you're taking A players, great people, amazing human beings. Obviously they have to be a cultural fit. They have to you know, have the aptitude and have the ability and, and so on and so forth. But really positioning their, their passions and unique abilities for the position that they work in. Because at the end of the day, Diane, if you put somebody in a position and, and they're doing something that they're not good at, it's not effective for them and it's not effective yeah. for the team. Yeah, right, right. And I think that is a huge point that- Yeah, it's, it's massive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And part of the reason why they get um, disenchanted is because they wanna be doing well and they can't because you've got them someplace where they're just not well suited. Well, I mean, and this, and this holds true for your team as well as you, yourself, right? If you're a business operator mm -hmm. or a business owner, and this is where a lot of business owners fall into this trap, they feel like if somebody's going to do it right, it's got to be me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that couldn't be any further from the truth, right? So you find yourself doing things that you're really not good at or you're not suited for because you feel like, oh, well, I'm the only one that can do this. Well, that, 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 you, you got to stop. That's where you got to pause, take a look around and, and take some, you know, intelligent and inspired action towards filling that seat, right? Removing yourself from that space. Because the reality of it is just because you're filling a gap doesn't mean you should, right? And, yes. and the, the quicker that you can find someone else who's better at that or has a passion for that thing. Yeah. And, and another limiting belief a lot of people have is, because I hate it, no one else is gonna love it, right? The reality of it is, <laughs> if you made a list of all the things you hated, there's somebody who loves to do all the things you hate. Right. Right. And yeah. so the, the, the beauty of it is you have to go find someone to fill that gap. And all of a sudden you stop doing the things you don't like to do anymore. And there's some person who loves to do those things getting paid for it. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when beautiful that thing. happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that also then leads me to culture. So mm -hmm. you talk about developing a winning culture in your business. And I, you know, I guess I feel like people don't look at culture that way. So they're not mm -hmm. trying to do that. And, and so they're struggling. So what does that mean? 
um, a winning culture and how does an owner go about creating that? Yeah, so I have a, so let me, let me, let me take this back for a minute. I, okay. I have to first give you a little like caveat that I've done this the wrong way uh, many times. I've, I've hired 50, 60 people and, and screwed it all up. So I, I learned how to, how to create a bad culture and not, not of bad people, right? I have to, I have to say this, like yeah. I hired wrong and I put people in the wrong seats because I used to think when you made a lot, when you made money in business, you could just solve problems by hiring bodies. Right. Uh, and yeah. so that's a, that's a terrible culture, right? When you just hire people to fill seats and you really don't understand who they are or what their unique ability is or what their processes are, you end up with a terrible culture because you're not paying attention as a visionary or as a leader, really, really, you're just, you're treating people like a number. And so after doing it wrong for a few years, we, we really started to reposition ourselves and say, okay, what, what do we, what do we really want? And actually this goes back to journaling, Diane. I, I, I was journaling for many years. I was, I was writing this question in my journal over and over again. How do I surround myself with a team of people that I love to go to work with? How do I surround myself with a team of people that I love to go to work with? And after, after asking myself this question over and over again, it came back to a team of people that I love to go to work with are people who are going to love to work here right? Like if they don't love to work here, then I'm not going to love to work with them, right? And so that boiled back to the same thing we just talked about, which is putting aces in their places. If I find a way to create opportunity for people to do things that they're passionate about, they're going to love to work here. And that's going to create an infectious culture of people who want to be here, right? Not people who are showing up for a paycheck, not people who want to clock out at 5 p.m., not people who wait for Friday afternoon, people who love to do this job or do this career or want to build a team with us. And so when that culture starts to take shape, it's less about me and it's more about we, it's the team, right? And we start to build together. And so I have a firm belief now as, cause I've done it four or five times with different businesses that it is, it is more about building cultures that win together. And, and as a visionary, your job is to not only put aces in their places, but create boundful opportunity for them to be successful in that seat, right? Tying them to the success of the company somehow, tying them to the opportunity that the company can generate somehow, letting them see the big picture of the company, not just, you know, creating, a, again, an hourly paycheck and they clock out at 5 p.m. I want to see people who want to win together because they're, they're part of the bigger picture. I really love that. And it feels like then... Um, being able to look at every position, every department as contributing to the success of the organization, you know, like not a cost center, right? Not overhead that we have to cover. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every person on the team is necessary. We're like a Super Bowl team. I mean, if you had a, you know, if you had a, a, the kicker was out, you know, of course there's a backup kicker, but you you need every position. You need them all playing at a hundred percent. And yeah. so there's, there's always cover there, but at the end of the day, we need all of our starters. We need them healthy. We need them happy. We need them passionate. We need them jumping out of bed and ready to go. Right, exactly. At this time, I'd like to take a sponsor break. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. And I'm sure you know that audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles to choose from but you might not know about the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, guided meditations, 
my favorite thing is to be able to listen to different kinds of things all on the same platform. I think it's a time saver uh, and it's like a productivity uh, hack for me. I don't have to go jumping from one platform to another. Uh, so we're offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Sign up for that free trial and then explore on your own. You know, check out the audiobooks, check out the other programs, see what really, you know, resonates with you. Interested in getting some help with your sales strategy? Pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Okay, so so let's get into these five freedoms. So what yep. are they? And why are people lacking in certain areas? So really what we created was the five roads to victory, which, which help you unlock the five freedoms, right, Diane? So the five freedoms, most people understand two of the five freedoms. They understand financial freedom and they understand time freedom, or at least they don't understand them, but they, they understand they want them, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the, you know, the other freedoms are freedom of relationships, which is basically essentially the idea that you can surround yourself and do business and have a life with the people that you want to have a life with, right? And a lot of people have a hard time navigating that, right? Yeah. Trying to figure right. out friendships and, and life partners and people they do business with. Right. Um, the next freedom is freedom of purpose, which is a big one, right? Trying to really decide what are you doing? What do you want, right? What are you doing it for? And, you know, I coach a lot of um, you know, big time executives and super successful people and doctors and business owners that, that can't answer that question. You know, why, why are you doing it? Why are you going to work every day? What are you trying to accomplish? So freedom of purpose is a big one. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least is freedom of geography, right? We have this ability now in 2021, Diane, which is amazing. It, most of us can be anywhere and do what we want to do, right? You, you can, most of us can work virtual, uh, a lot of us can work virtual anyway. I shouldn't say most of us, but yeah. most of us can do what we want to do almost anywhere in the country, or yeah. a lot of us can do it anywhere in the world. And if we can't, we can certainly travel and be most places and, and, and experience freedom of geography, right? So, yeah. so those are the five freedoms, but huh. what unlocks those for us or what gets us to those things is what I call the five roads to victory. And those five roads to victory are what help us create the five freedoms, right? What help us get to the five freedoms. And, and, and those really are, are pretty simple, right? The first one, Diane, is, is mindset, right? What helps keep us stuck in one place and what helps keep people from progressing forward in most cases is their ability to change their mind and decide that they're good enough, right? So many people think, yeah. you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I'm not smart enough. I don't I don't have the ability, you know, my parents have always taught me just go to school and get a degree and go do my thing, right? And so we're held back by these limiting beliefs that, that tell us that this is it, this is me, this is my story, right? This is who I am. Yeah, so, right. you know, and, and, you know, and as you know, what the mind can conceive and believe it will achieve. So we have to, as Henry Ford said, we have to start to figure out what it is that we can conceive and believe and how we're going to start to shift what it is that we achieve based on that. So, you know, when I coach my clients, I'm looking into their psychology, I'm looking into their beliefs, I'm looking into their values, you know, the rules that they play by, what they think is possible, you know, all of these things, because it's what's holding them in that one place, right? And right. so resetting that mindset or rewiring the mind 
um, is one of the toughest things. In fact, uh, Tony Robbins has this great quote. He says, the strongest force in the human personality is the need to be consistent with how we define ourselves, right? We, we are so stuck with how we define ourselves, right? I'm a, I'm a doctor or I'm a realtor or I'm a you know, coach or I'm a whatever. Um, you know, changing that definition is so hard for so many of us, right? Especially if we've been through trauma. You know, how many people, you know, go through a divorce and they call themselves divorced for 10 years, right? right? Or they go, they go through some tough time in their life and that's how they define themselves. So Diane, we can, we can define ourselves as one of two things. We can define ourselves as the victim or we can define ourselves as the victor and we can move into victory, right? And that's a, that's a big shift for a lot of people. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it makes sense. And you're right. It is a big shift. For it's people. a big shift. It's a, it is the, it is probably the number one shift that, that we work through is actually getting people to help redefine who it is that they want to be. But, you know, the most interesting thing about the mind is that it's literally a trigger. I mean, it, it sounds simple. It's hard work, but the reality of it is uh, the human nature is you get to define your story with, you could, you could wake up tomorrow and be more aggressive. You can wake up tomorrow and be a nicer person. Nobody's telling you who to be, right? You can define your story. Yeah, so what, so, okay. So it sounds, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. It just, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking it's not as easy as it is simple. That it's not sense. as easy as it is simple. You're right. There's a lot of work that goes into that. Again, we have to define your values, define your limiting beliefs, figure out what the obstacles are that are in front of you. And it's 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 harder for some than it is for others. Again, it really depends on how long somebody's been living with a story and telling themselves that story over and over uh, on repeat. Yeah. Right. So some people yeah. have a harder time than others. Some people are so tired of the story that they let go. Right? Some people have had that story resonating in their head for so long that when we have the initial conversation, they say, oh my God, no one's ever said that to me. I'm, I'm so tired of that story. Let's fix it. Right? And that's it. They never talk wow. about it again. Right? <laughs> so it, it, yeah. it's really, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah, everybody's different, yeah. um, but it's amazing to me when you see um, you know, the differences of, of ability. But at the end of the day, we, we all have a human brain. And the human brain has the ability to let go. So it's just a matter of how hard you want to hold on. Right. Right. Well, and, and being and finding or, you know, being given tools mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. you know, because it feels like a process, right? Like I know when it's, I teach people about selling, it's a total mindset shift. So I can say it and they can get it and then they go right back to doing what they know to do even if, if it doesn't work so let's put it to you this way um and i'm I, and i'm not you know i don't want to sidetrack the podcast and dig into your sales process but let's say the sales process got them an immediate result where they made the most commission they ever made in their life right that would yeah. tie them to that result to want to do it again right i'm sure. not saying it doesn't right but yeah. now, so, so if that shift was something where they woke up and they were like, oh my God, I never, I'm never going to talk about being divorced again. This, this, this new life, this new de definition of who I am, my new identity is I am this empowered person, single person that is going to go out and start businesses, 
right? I don't ever want to be that person again. It's almost like shedding, you know, a coat or shedding, you know, a, a, yeah. you know something that you didn't want to wear all those years anyway, and you were forced to wear it, right? So yeah. when you when you shed that thing off and now you become this new identity, the reality of it is you were the one wearing the coat the whole time. Nobody was forcing you to wear it, yeah. right? So, you know, so the identity, again, is something we stick to. And that's why Tony talks about that, 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 that the need for us to define ourselves that way. It's, it's, like, it's like your hard drive is stuck on repeat. And all you got to right. do is just figure out a way to just shift it. So it's like, okay, on to the next song. Yeah. Right? And, and that's how our brain is wired. So if we can just un unstick it, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is my new definition of who I am. And you see people do this all the time. You see it happen in your world. You see people say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a new career. And you go, wow, that's nuts. And then six months later, they're having success. And you're like, yeah, hey, way to go. Right? Yeah. They just redefine their identity. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So is some of this, do you think any of this is, um, happens because this is how society has created these scripts? Because it feels like oh, a lot of, 100%. right? Okay. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Do you know what the, you know what the opposite of courage is, Diane? No. The opposite of courage is conformity. Oh. Right. So we are we are programmed to conform, which is why ninety percent of the, you know well Americans, for example, are, are middle class or lower, right? Because mm -hmm. we're we're taught to look around and do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And it's not any it's anybody's fault. It's just that we we do what we see, like we're we're creatures of habit, and and the top ten percent do things differently. You know, they, right. they, they go out, they take risks, they go out and, and they, they work on themselves. They go out and they, you know, they don't spend nights and weekends at happy hour. They don't spend their whole weekend watching football games. They don't right. spend four hours a night on Netflix, right? They work yeah. on themselves. They journal, they, you know, they're, they're nonconformists. They do things different. And so when you do things different, you get different results. Right. Exactly. Something's got to change, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Right. Right. So, so it feels like, you know, first there has to be something you want to move toward and Correct. then figuring out even in small steps, how you're going to start moving toward that. You have to be defiantly committed to change for yeah. starters, right? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. If yeah. you're not defiantly committed to change, you're, it's just a thought. You can't have a dream without some sort of end goal in mind, some kind of outcome. Otherwise, it's just, again, it's a dream. It's, it's a figment. It's, 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 yeah. something just, it's an imagination. So we have to define the outcome that we want, which kind of leads me to number two, which is we need to have a plan of attack, right? Yeah. We have to be able to define the plan. And, you know, the funny thing is, Diane, most people plan their vacation to Mexico for a week mm -hmm. and they know everything about it. Right. They know how they're getting to the airport. They know where they're sitting on the plane. They know how they're getting to the hotel. They know if they have an ocean view or a pool view. Right. They know where the where the pool bar is. They know when they're going snorkeling, when they're going hiking, when they're going to the beach. They know the weather for the week. Right. They know the name of their concierge. They know everything about it. Right. But when when you say to somebody, what do you want to do this year in business? Right. Right. What do you want your next five years to look like? What do you want your team to look like? Who do you want to be surrounded by? It's yeah. a big gray answer. They don't know. 
right? Most people come to me and they say, well, I want to make 50 grand a month. I want to make a hundred grand a month. Why? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That was good. So what we need right. to do is, yeah, well, I mean, again, it's like, okay, but why? And so we break it down. What we want to do is figure out where we're at today, where we really want to go, why we want to get there and then close the gap, right? And this is what we, what we call turning decades into days. Because there's so many people going back to the beginning of our conversation, uh -huh. right? That are they're living reactively. Right. They're reacting to things all day long. And what it's mm -hmm. doing is it's keeping their day full of things that are not getting them closer to their goal. Yes. It's not getting them closer to their outcome. They're just doing things for the sake of doing them. It's keeping them busy and not productive. Right. 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 Exactly. So we yeah. have to define what's what's your obstacle? What's your hang up? What's keeping you from getting there? What's what so that we can actually get you outcome focused so that we can understand your destination so we can understand the purpose of getting you there. And then going back to that intelligent and inspired action, we want to take intelligent and inspired action towards that outcome, right? We want to walk you closer and closer to your outcome each and every day, right? Yeah. How many productive, quote unquote, productive entrepreneurs aren't getting any closer to their outcome week after week after week. Uh -huh. And it's sad, really. Yeah. Like, you know, what, why are we doing it? Why are we, why are we getting up and going to work every day if it's not getting us closer to our goals? Exactly. Makes sense? Yes. Yes, completely. Wow. All right. All right. So I can move on to number three if you want. Yeah, which is, that would um, be great. Thank what you. I call check, check your toolkit. Right. So check okay. your toolkit. I used to be a builder in the, in the, in the Navy. Right. So I used to have to deploy overseas and on a moment's notice, and I used to have to build something. Right. So they wouldn't just put me in the back of an airplane and drop me off in the middle of the desert with, with no tools. And like, I couldn't go to home Depot. There was nothing out there. I had to pack for the mission. Right. Like if I knew I had to build a building in the middle of the desert, I had to bring my materials and my tools to go do the thing. Right. So when I'm looking at an entrepreneur or a business owner's toolkit, I'm looking at actually all the resources and people and processes that they have that they're not utilizing to 100% of their capacity, Diane. Because what's happening in today's day and age, especially in 2021, is that all of us have almost unlimited, it seems like, resources at our disposal, right? We have yeah. the world's best CRMs, we have technology, we have email, we have calendars, we have look, your, your smartphone is a supercomputer, right? Yeah. And so the problem becomes that we're always being um, chasing, we're always being proposed these shiny objects, right? Every mm -hmm. single day, here's a new thing, try this new system, try this new. Th and so what's happening is we're not utilizing the stuff that's in front of us, right? Your CRM could be free or, or 10 bucks a month, and it could be the most powerful CRM on the market, but we're not actually getting in there and using it. Right. We, we might have amazing processes that we design these SOPs and these, you know, KPI trackers and these systems and technology, but we're not actually getting in and using them. Right. So I do what's called an interior, like an interior analysis of what's going on inside of the resources that we have. And we boil it down to what is the, the most effective things that we can that we can utilize and we eliminate the rest. Right, because experts don't just know how to add, they know how to subtract. Right. Wow. We, a lot of times we have too much stuff. It's just yeah. too much, right? Yeah. And it's and it's not keeping us productive. It's not yeah. getting us to what what do we do it for? We do it for revenue, right? We do it to make money. Most of the yeah. time you go to work to make money, right? But we find ourselves doing doing stuff that's not making us money. We're preparing right. to prepare to prepare, 
right? If you need a prospect, you spend two hours preparing to prospect and then you make three phone calls, right? I yeah. want to get people making effective action during the day. So I'm going to look at their tools and their processes and their people, and we're going to whittle it down to what's the most effective thing. Because at the end of the day, it's never a matter of your resources. It's a matter of how resourceful you are, right? Or your resourcefulness. And so too many of us are trying to add resources that we don't need. It's a matter of just getting effective and taking effective action, right? So checking our toolkit is, is uh, one of those top things that we can do. I think that is huge. Yeah. I, I see that yeah, it, happening with me even all the time. You know, something will come up. I'm like, wow, that's great. It, buy yeah. it, never use it, right? It, yeah. Or, or yeah. start to use it and don't finish. And yeah. Ugh. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a dirty little secret in business. And we all do this as business owners. We tend to start making consistent, predictable money and we get bored. Right? Yeah. We're like, oh, well, we got to find something <laughs> to screw this up. Right. There's got to be a different process or or we convince ourselves we're going to start scaling. So let me go add some layers of complexity. And the reality of it is you go backwards. Right. Yeah. And then you start saying to yourself, shit, I was making all kinds of money six months ago. What happened? Yeah. Oh, I got complex. <laughs> right. If we just yeah. learn to get patient making money, we start making more money. And so a lot of times we are our own worst enemy when it comes to resources, tools. Yeah, I definitely without a doubt okay totally get so, it all right so uh number four you ready for this one yep so what are the most successful sports figures do in the world they do what they call control the clock right so like what does tom brady do when he's down by 21 points in the third quarter he doesn't sit on the sidelines and put his head down and cry he he nice. figures out that hey i know exactly how much time i have left on the clock yeah. I know if I run the ball, I can drain the clock. I know if I throw a deep pass, I might be able to turn the ball over. Maybe we score again, you know, whatever it takes to, to figure out how to get that, the, that those, um, those touchdowns back and to control the game, right? And eventually yeah, win. Right, right. Well, Diane, you and I have what we call the rule of 168, which is a way to control the clock. We all have 168 hours in each week, right? Yeah. We have the same rule that Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and Mark Cuban and Obama have, right? Everyone has 168 hours in the week. But the reality of it is we all use them differently, right? We have to sleep. We have to eat. We have to pay bills. We have to play with the kids. We have to do all these things. But we also have to find time for what I call high impact and high income activities, right? We have to take care of our body. We have to take care of our family. We have to read, we have to listen to great podcasts like this one. We have to grow as a leader. We have to find time to go recruit amazing people, right? We have to expand inside of our life and our business. And a lot of folks waste those effective, high-impact, high-income activity hours, right? You know, yeah. with, the, with the Netflix and the happy hour and all the other kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And so one of the best ways that we can fix this is doing what I call a time management audit where we really start to lay out, what do we do each and every week? And then I throw on top of that, what I call my four D's of time management. And so inside of those D's, Diana, are what I call do, right? Where we, we obviously do what's in front of us, especially at the time allotted for it. Or there's some things that we really should delay doing, right? Because we need the time to do it. And that's when we have to put it on our calendar and actually block the time to do it later on. Not, not get rid of it, right? Not lose right. it or, or right. you know, stress about it, but delay it, then there's things that we should be delegating, right? Mm -hmm. Things that we need to delegate to somebody that is capable and accountable to get it done, right? 
And then there's also some things that we probably should be dumping altogether, right? And just getting off of our list. And unfortunately, there's so many entrepreneurs out there, Diane, that are, that are A, not delegating because they are afraid to, yeah. and B, they're not dumping nearly, nearly enough stuff, right? They're taking on things they shouldn't be. They're doing favors for people. They're people pleasing, yeah. right? And, and they're taking care of things that just honestly shouldn't be on there because they're not high gain and they're not high income activities. Right. Right. Wow. That, that's huge. Yeah. Controlling the clock is probably one yeah. of you know, the most impactful things we can do because, you know, so many folks, and I said this earlier, they spend so much time being busy and they're right. busy putting out fires, right? They're firefighters. Yeah. I call them secret yeah. firefighters, but I call the firefighters secret arsonists, right? They're behind <laughs> the building, lighting the fire so they can put it out there in the day. So when they go home at night and talk to their spouse, they can pat themselves on the back and say, I was so busy today. Yeah, I was putting out fires all day long, right? And then you're like, well, what'd you get done? Oh, I just got so many things done. I got so many things done. Things, did you get paid? Well, well no, but I got things done, right? I'm and, sorry, you know, unfortunately, I know I shouldn't be laughing, but boy, yeah. It's no, it's the truth. No, it's the truth. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if we were on video, I'd be laughing with you. That's the thing, it's, 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 this, is, this is such an uh, epidemic in our world though, mm -hmm. because people want to convince themselves of how busy they were all day. And by the way, I was this person 10 years ago, right? I was working a hundred hours a week. I was calling my wife when I had, my daughters just turned nine and 12 this week. When they were very little girls, I used to call my wife at five o'clock and go, I'm not going to make it home for dinner. I'm going to be late. And then I would get home at nine 30. My girls yeah. would already be asleep. I would go kiss yeah. them in bed and I would lay in bed and I would go, what the hell did I do in the office that I, that I missed yeah. my daughters tonight? I didn't even see them, right? And I would lay in bed and think to myself, holy crap, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I just told my wife I wasn't going to be home because of what? Right? Like, why? Why, why, did right. I, why was I not home? And what I found was I was cramming all the important stuff in the last three hours of the day from 6 to 9 p.m. because I spent the entire working day putting out fires and answering texts yeah, and calling people right. back and doing the stuff that wasn't high gain and high income. And I needed the six to nine hours where nobody was bothering me to do the real work. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. what you find is that if you just do three hours worth of real work during the day, you might be done. <laughs> and that's, that's the secret, you know? So it, it's amazing <laughs> to me when people learn to control the clock and actually do high income activity it's amazing how, how little of the uh, busy work you have to do. Yeah, right, right. I've noticed that as well. And, and it's, I have to say, honestly, I am a work in process, but I know when I make those decisions, you know, on those days that the spillover effect is huge as far as opportunity, revenue, you know, clients, whatever it is. And the energy level I think feels so much higher, right? Like just, just enthusiasm 100%. and energy and yeah. Cause, cause you're accomplishing real things. Yeah. And you're focused on the things that you should be focused on the mm -hmm. things that you're passionate and you're great at, right? Yeah. None of us are passionate and great at putting out fires. No. Like, like what we do is we convince ourselves that we are because we're, we're avoiding doing the tough work. Right. right. Those people who convince themselves that they're they're firefighters and they're always patting themselves on the back, they're avoiding yeah. doing the tough stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a dirty little secret that they don't want you to know, but well, now you yeah. know because you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Very good. Now, All right. was that four? That was four, right? That's four. Last but not okay. least. You ready? Yep. I call, I call number five the trifecta. We can wrap this up with a bow. The trifecta is three things. And that is this. We have to have execution, Diane. We have to, we have to go out and take yeah. action, right? You can have all yeah. the other four things, but if you don't do something, like it doesn't matter, right? right? You can have mindset, you can have you can have a strategy, you can have a plan, you can have a toolkit, you can have control of the clock. But if you don't take action in a forward thinking progress, it doesn't matter, right? So most people lack execution yeah. and they lack the ability to move forward. So you have to go after it and take action. But just as importantly as taking action, you have to understand how to course correct. And course correct mm -hmm. means knowing how to pivot when things go wrong. Right. You know, we yeah. have this saying, are you just going to, are you just going to cry in your soup if things go wrong or are you going to, are you going to step up and take charge and pivot? Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I say this all the time. They say 65% of small businesses fail within the first three years. I believe that's because they go out to do a thing and they don't know how to pivot. Right. Right. Wrong or indifferent. I'm not saying that to yeah. Yeah. talk, talk bad on small businesses, sure. but you know, I, I set out to do a thing and it doesn't work out. And I go, oh crap, I'm going down with the ship, right? Where right. I might be able to say, you know what? That target audience didn't work. Let me try this target audience. Let me try this thing. Let me try that thing. And when you pivot, course correction means you're doing something right because you're hitting obstacles. And when you're in business and you start to hit obstacles, it means you're going in the right direction, right? So we have to learn to course correct all the time. Mm -hmm. Top level performers that are constantly scaling and growing their business, they're hitting obstacles all the time. And they're finding ways to change and course correct in order to adapt to the situation in front of them. They, they get resourceful, right? Yeah. And last but not least, the trifecta to end, you have to have accountability, right? How are you mm -hmm. measuring your progress? Who's co-creating with you? And I use this analogy. Uh, years ago, I used to go to the gym at 5 a.m. And I went to like a normal gym with a normal gym buddy. We used to go lift at 5 o'clock in the morning. Now, I live in the Northeast, Diane, where it's freezing cold, February 4 a.m. I roll over out of bed. And, you know, you don't even want to get out of the covers. It's so cold. And I would text my gym buddy and I would say, hey, uh, it, it's freezing cold and I don't feel like going to the gym this morning. And he would text me back and go, yeah, man, you're right. And that would be it. Right now, flip the script. I have a training partner that I'm not I'm sorry, not a training partner. I, um, uh, uh, um, uh, a training. Um, I, I pay a, tra a trainer. Right. Yeah. hundred hours an yeah. hour to train with me. Right. I roll over at 4 a.m. and I text him. Hey, hey, man, it's, uh, it's, it's cold. It's 4.15. I'm not going to come today. What's he going to say to me? He's going to say, Get I don't care bed. if it's cold. I'm already <laughs> at the gym and you're paying me $100 an hour whether you show up or not. So go ahead and sleep in if you want. Okay. So who am I more accountable to and, and who am I more likely to get that workout in with? Uh, yeah. So right. what I say with accountability partners is be very careful who you hold yourself accountable to. If it's your spouse or your business partner, are they going to let you go when you screw up? Or are they going to hold you accountable to getting your dreams and making sure that your goals are accomplished? Right. So that's it. That's the five roads to victory. Wow. That, that is so great. I, I love every, every piece of that. That is so wonderful. And I so appreciate you explaining it and, you know, giving the examples and, and whatnot. I think this is tremendously valuable for everyone but you know small business owners who these are the things that they sabotage themselves with so th this is 
awesome. Thank you so much for doing Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you and, and anything you've got going on that you think they should know about, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we actually keep ourselves open. So if they go to legacybuilder.coach, um, there's actually a form there I do for all of our podcast listeners. Um, if they want to go ahead and fill out some information, I love taking phone calls with, with listeners, whether you're a business owner or a real estate investor. Um, you know, I help doctors, attorneys, life insurance, salespeople. I mean, all walks of life that are in, that are business owners that want to see um, themselves scale or grow or create more time freedom or more financial freedom. Um, I just love having conversations. So I offer what's called a triage call for them uh, just because they're on this, uh, this podcast listening. So I have an opt-in form there. If you want to go there and fill it out and tell me just a little bit about the background of your business and, and what's keeping you stuck. Um, I'll hop on a call and it's, there's zero sales. Uh, if there's no, uh, I'm here to serve you, not, not to sell you anything. And I just love having conversations. If, if uh, you find that coaching is a fit and we want to, you know, talk about working together, that's great. But, you know, I just like having conversations and, meeting new people and figuring out about your business and what's working and what's not working. So I offer that for all podcast listeners. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. And I'll make sure that that yeah. link is uh, in the show notes as well. So yeah. thank there you, you. listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi. My name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.